0: Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 10 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now
1: your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. I got to tell you something, bud. Folks, that for those that have been listening to a while, you, you probably already no, but I hold a, a a federal firearms dealer license, have for more than 10 years, ran a retail outlet for a long time. In fact, it was Renegade River. It was the original sponsor of this show so long ago. And the reason I'm starting with that topic Lud, first, right off the short list of this, this episode. So I'm reading a headline. This is from Fox News. Found it everywhere, though. Biden vows to ban assault weapons, come hell or high water, his words. Biden made the comments during the House Democratic Caucus Issues Conference. I, I got to tell you something, folks. and I, Listen, first off, you can't walk into a federally licensed store and buy an assault rifle. I just newsflash. You can't do it. You haven't been able to do it since I think 1932. Get your head around that for a minute. And the idea that they're going to ban something that was banned 90 years ago, and that folks clap like penguins with excitement over the idea, Lud, you're you own a couple guns. What is your view of the topic of banning? What are really sport rifles? So I, I
0: think this is the same terminology used in the 90s under Clinton, I believe. Assault it, rifle
1: It was. And, and it was nonsensical then.
0: Yeah, so it's a play on those words.
1: and They banned a bunch of bolt-action rifles in the 90s mm-hmm. from World War II. You're going, really? That makes sense for you to ban these from collectors? Because nobody's killing anybody with them. It's numbskull stuff. It's nonsensical. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, I get reeled in with it when they, when they play with words that are designed to excite people and anger people, folks are being manipulated with nonsense.
0: Well, I mean, obviously your parents mold your morals, ethics, whatever, and, and sometimes your political leaning. So my dad was involved in the Republican Party growing up and all that stuff. So obviously that translated into some of my thinking. I've gotten arguments, I don't say arguments, debates about this with him. Because his thing is, we shouldn't have military-style rifles in the hands of the street people. And I'm like, Dad, they're not military assault, right? <laughs> military-style rifles. Do you understand that you can take a 30-odd 6 and it's going to put a bigger hole through you than a two, two, three, or five, five, six out of a plastic AR? He's like, well, that's a military gun. I said, it's not a military gun, Dad. And again, I'm arguing with the guy who molded my th- process because he's been so inundated with this assault rifle, assault rifle, assault rifle.
1: But it's not an assault. But it's rifle.
0: not. First of all, right. Unless you take the gun and physically beat somebody with it, no gun is an assault rifle because assault is the action of beating somebody with a, well, with something.
1: But but here, listen. When I back, and by the way, folks, just so you know, we're doing what I don't like to do. We're debating methodology. Yeah. And and I'm I'm slowly going to take us to the direction that I passionately believe we should be focused on. But if you look at the the uh, platform that is AR. AR is not assault rifle. AR is arma light rifle. That's who invented that frame of gun in the 1950s. If it were bursts of three automatic, uh, then you could call it an assault rifle and I'd still debate you because the round that's used, two, two, three or 5.56, I, listen, those are those are varmint rounds. But still, the word assault that,
0: doesn't line up because assault is beating something with something
1: a stick. So you're assaulting, you're assailing it.
0: So if I'm shooting a gun, whether it's single bullet, single bullet, or a hundred rounds a minute, it's not assault, right? It's a machine gun right. or automatic fire. But is the word assault should not be associated with any of these because that word's definition does not align with what they're talking about.
1: But it doesn't matter. Definition. They, 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 they don't again. care. It, it's designed. To invigorate anger, yes, it's fear. caused it's fear. You're exactly right with that. How often does that happen? <clears throat> way too often lately. Listen, I got to tell you though, when you look at a class of folks, well, and by the way, it's Democrats and about a third of the Republicans. Let's be clear here. I'm not assailing verbally assailing Democrats. I'm assailing folks that are buying into something that they don't know what they're talking about, on. Um, and I'm only looking at the science of it. If you wanted to go kill somebody, don't grab that gun. It's a terrible gun for that purpose. If you're going to go varmint hunting, grab one and go, because it's a great varmint round. That's what it is. It's a varmint round. not. It's it's a negotiation with NATO. That's not exactly armament science. Well, think
0: about it. I mean, in Vietnam, one of the biggest problems was gun, gun failure because the M-16 couldn't get wet. We are fighting right. in rice paddies. Yeah. And that's what this gun's built off of. So uh, they don't even use an M16 anymore. They use an M4 carbine, which is different than an M16. Right. And the AK47, the Shalashikov or whatever, is the most reliable. You can drop it in the sand, which is right. White. And that's way more deadly of a round than what we're using.
1: But based, but based on their definition of assault rifle, they being Biden and his ilk, based on their definition, your Ruger 1022. 22 is also an assault rifle, uh-huh. okay? Any firearm that you have that's not bolt-action is assault rifle. And by the way, some of your bolt-action old grandpa type of hunting guns will be falling into this class. We've got to slow to navigation speed. I'm looking at Michigan. Michigan, because of the angry mob, that's my opinion. Politically, the angry mob on the right Busy calling each other names. You're a rhino, you're an establishment hack, you're this, because we only agree on 99% of the topics. So we've got to call each other names and divide because somehow divisionary politics equals, guess what? Loss. I'm just telling you, if you're not doing your politics by addition, you are losing. Mm-hmm. I don't care what side you're on. That's how it works when you have a a democratically elected Republican form of government. That's what we have as a hybrid, and that's how this system works. Politics by division is asking for failure, and 2022 demonstrates it. So my next article, Democrats control Michigan for the first time in 40 years, and they want gun control. That's from npr.org, but you can find it on Yahoo and all over the place in a number of different settings.
0: Can we change that?
1: Okay. They don't want
0: gun control. They, they want, want citizen control. They
1: want citizen control. <laughs> control. You're right. The fifth time in this calendar year. Twice
0: in the segment. Now, we just oh, had it. We're going to break.
1: Holy smokes. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Listen, what we've got to be talking about is methodology. Uh, that's, that's all they want us talking about. The reality of it is All of these guns, including the sport rifle named Armalite rifle, all of them existed in the 60s and 70s when I was going to school. Okay? Every hunting season, every hunting season, including spring for varmint, every season had kids bringing their guns to school. And after school, they'd go hunting.
0: Many old schools have shooting ranges in the
1: basement. Most of them do. Most of them have shooting ranges either on premise or in basement, because they used to have gun classes and from that you'd have respect for what a firearm can do. By the way, it's only called a weapon when you're using it to hurt something. That's mm-hmm. uh, just so just, just to get that art. I, I but the the fascinating thing about this is that the more the left has taken control of us as a culture Things like guns become more of an issue. They weren't an issue when almost everybody took them to school. Suddenly, they are an issue, and they're what's hurting people. But the the folks, it's the people hurting people. Why, why aren't we not asking what's in a person's heart that they would kill somebody that they don't know? There's
0: 15 to 20 laws broken before the shooting even happens. But right, uh, I mean, my entire life. That means school,
1: we need new, we need new laws.
0: Yeah. Cause they'll, they'll follow that last one. But I mean, I went to school in 99 was like the first, what we know of as a mass shooting at a school and it was not an AR used. So the AR arguments really been in the last two decades. Um, something's different.
1: Well, but it's a cultural difference and it's what we've got to dial into. If we don't start asking what's going on in our culture, it's going to get worse, not better folks. We've got to go to a break, but we will be right back. The Enigma Report with Mike Hewitt. Most political enigmas are the result of unintended consequences. China is a military, political, and economic powerhouse bent on making themselves the absolute ruler of the world. Just two generations ago, China began their transformation from hermit to world superpower. Spy, threat, more spies, more threats. They've got soft power down to a science. They've invested deeply in driving American academia and media hard left. How? Nixon reached out for market share. Carter was peace through appeasement. Clinton, our best technology and trade for more market share. Hunter Biden, money for access. President Biden, who knows? The unintended consequences of misguided and self-ingratiating U.S.-Chinese policies have dropped a smack dab in the middle of another Cold War that could easily find fire. By American! Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Listen, Ludwig, everybody, I, th- the reason I wanted that piece right there in the middle of this conversation about gun violence, by the way, all of my guns are butt-lazy, None of them do anything. The people that might get a hold of them are a problem. The guns themselves are not. Uh-huh. But listen, to, by the way, before I even get into that, let me tell you real briefly about that little 60-second feature that Jared played for us. So I share that stuff on social media and also it goes out on a whole bunch of radio stations. And, and I'm proud of that, so that's why I add that part first. I am. And uh, so it goes on social media, fake book. Twitter and TikTok. Now, I've noticed on TikTok, if I run a 60 second spot that's highly critical of our US government, it gets a lot of views. If I run something that's critical of China, that particular one got three views, and I'm one of them. (laughs) So it sounds like China does not like criticism.
0: Well, their algorithm is definitely picking them up on something.
1: Well listen, normally when you put something on TikTok, take I don't know if you've done this, but it takes four or five minutes typically for them to approve it and then it starts getting views. Mm-hmm. This one it at the several hour mark, I realized that it it was not getting out of the gates, but it, it's kinda it's kinda sadly funny how I'm relating this to the gun circumstance. It is it isn't this is my personal belief. I've told you up front, I'm a federally licensed gun dealer. So, yes, I've got a dog in this hunt. I look at this through that prism. But I ask the bigger question, what's going on with our culture? And I would submit to you that Instagram, and what's the one, Snapchat? is Snapchat. That the one? Tell us about Snapchat.
0: So Snapchat is an app that kids use for messaging but sending pictures. And the, the key to it, and the, the differentiation part of it all was, The pictures could be saved. They would disappear. And the purpose of Snapchat, if you ask the the, uh, founders, was for sharing explicit images that whoever they sent them to couldn't save them. Right. That was actually the purpose of its founding. Uh,
1: So we've got 13-year-olds sharing sexually driven pictures, and the parents have absolutely no control, Whereas, whereas my daughters that are now in their 30s and 40s, when they wanted to watch something on TV... Dad or mom could say, "Yeah, that ain't happening." Mm-hmm. Now they're sitting out. Now the folks that the young people that are 13 nowadays, 12, 13, 14, 15, etc., they can be off in a side room looking at all kind of graphic stuff that disappears. They can be publishing their own privates, if you will, yep. and poof, it disappears. The parents have been taken out of the communication leap, folks. I submit to you. Lud, this is your topic, so I won't, I won't be rileying you, but, but listen, I got to tell you, it's a fascinating thing that we're willingly taking ourselves as parents, out of the loop, of carving out what tomorrow's culture will be. Go, Lud.
0: So the problem is that thirteen is now really that I guess age of consent based on social media standards. So when my oldest, <laughs> I, I let him get Facebook. I invited the friends. And it was all family, and yep. unless you're a really, really close family friend. And then my daughter got a little bit older, and her mother let her get this, some of these things like Snapchat, and I was furious about it. I thought, well, I won't know what she's sending or receiving, but I can watch her page. I can follow her stories. Well, I was talking to my high school team, my coach, and these kids are like, you're not seeing what she's posting. I'm like, what do you mean? I watch her story. They're like, coach, come on now. I'm like, what do you mean? What, come on now, what? There's a private story. I said, what? They're like, yeah, that she can post stories that only certain people see. I said, so you're telling me that although I think I have a visual aid on this, I have really none? And they're like, yeah. I said, well, I would have never let her have Snapchat until at least 16. Because my feelings at 16, they can drive, they can go off on their own, they can do things I don't know about. I can't keep an eye on everything. And it's not about being a helicopter parent because I'm the furthest thing from it. It's making sure they're safe and they're getting the right information and just being a parent, what you're supposed to do is make sure you keep them out of harm's way when possible.
1: Is Snapchat a, ma- a magnet for pedophiles? For I don't know. Pretending to be children and sharing pictures There's a lot
0: of bots. I mean, I get friend requests. I have it. I barely use it. I ha- I get a lot of requests. And they're all fake women profiles. Right. And I just delete them because, one, I don't need somebody sending me a picture and my wife seeing it and I didn't expect it and didn't know it and... That's just bad. That's bad karma and bad juju, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't need that. So I, I don't, but I hear the you say it's great. It's better for messaging. And I'm like, well, what's better than Apple messaging or Facebook messaging? Why is it so much better? It's because it disappears. Right. Ironically, I was at a political event, and I won't say who it was, but um, I challenged somebody for a position, and I had a sitting political official Snapchat me. That was a bad idea. You shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, why would they Snapchat me that? Because it disappears. It went away. Right. There's no proof of it. Right. And I'm like, wow, even at that level, this is happening. I guess, I guess Hillary didn't get the memo on Snapchat.
1: Hillary Clinton? Yeah. Or, she, or Hunter she, Biden. She got a lot of memos. Took her a lot of time to delete them.
0: <laughs> well, Snapchat had been gone instantly. Yeah. But this is fearsome because I, uh, the video that brought this up, I love watching reels. They're rabbit holes. You end up watching them for like an hour, hour and a half. You don't realize it.
1: On TikTok, you mean?
0: Well, I don't watch TikTok. I really try to stay away from TikTok. I watch more on the Facebook and, and Instagram. But uh, one of them was about this Snapchat thing that they're controlling. Social media is controlling what your kids are now seeing. Where right. When we were kids, like you said, it had to appeal to the parent as much as the kid. Right. Because I know when my kids are growing up, if I didn't want to watch it, they weren't watching it. If I didn't think it was appropriate, they weren't watching it. Now the control is as simple as do I let them have a phone or not? What do I do there? Because if I need to keep in touch with them... I have it where my kids, especially my youngest, has to have me approve every app. But somehow my daughter got away without doing that at one point.
1: She all her.
0: Well, I didn't know it.
1: Listen, I know her, <laughs> I didn't know she was getting these apps. I, I know I know her, and she could easily help-fox him. I'm just saying. Well,
0: I found out at the, afterwards it was her mom who approved some yeah. of these. She switched yeah. accounts on me. Yeah. Um, but I at least had that safety feature in. But you don't know what they're watching. My, My, my – niece 10 years old uh her mom just posted something about her being exposed to something on tiktok she doesn't approve of right well number one she's 10 why are you allowing you to use it right and and number two there's no number two just don't let her use it
1: but listen that's like the public school argument so you'll have folks from the from the very right and the very left by the way grumbling about public school and in the middle of the exchange i'll say wait i gotta go my kid's getting off the bus i thought you hated public school you hate them; they're the enemy of the culture and the people, and you surrendered your children to them. Brilliant. I, I <laughs> here's what I worry about. We're down to seconds for for this for this second, but the part that that really concerns me is I look at our culture, and I, it feels very fractured right now, filled with angst. Very fractured. Uh, in fact, you you were just recently sitting with my wife. We were talking about. Um, a NASA shots when I was a young, it was a big deal. Now nothing is a big deal. I mean absolutely nothing is a big deal. If President Biden was meeting with a foreign leader from a different world, an alien, they'd go, wow, that was kind of cool. Change the channel. And nothing <laughs> is a big deal anymore. It's because we are so overwhelmed with a perpetual, constant, nonstop run through of sensation sizzle selling clickbait nonsense but what we're not paying attention to because we're overwhelmed by that is they're stealing our children's future from us Mm -hmm. that's what's actually happening we think nothing's happening it's all the same it's a big sea of nonsense it's just not true
0: listen real quick i don't think adults have a maturity level for this let alone a 13 year old
1: Uh, what for social media yes Listen, let's pick up there when we come back. Folks, we've got to go to a break, but we will be right back. (music) Folks, if you're just tuning in, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Lud, I still get emails every week. What did you call that guy you co-host? What, what's his name again? How do you pronounce it?
0: What? Uh, your London name? Van Smooth what, what, a,
1: what a handle. Listen, folks, do me a favor before we jump into the show. Take a look at the mikehewittshow.com. Find us on Spotify, on Twitter, on a bunch of radio stations all across lots of states. And by the way, if you're listening to us on Spotify, or Apple Podcast, and your local radio station doesn't carry us, call and complain to them. We need to be there. I'm just asking. Meanwhile, we are broadcasting from our flag station in beautiful Holland, Michigan. WHTC 1450 AM, 99.7 FM. And again, let me say one more time, it's because we're gonna have a snowstorm but we've got Anchorage, Alaska listening, so they're probably not feeling my pain. Welcome again, folks up there in beautiful Anchorage. Lud, when you and I went to break, you left off right at a really important part. i got to drag us back to that point. Say it again.
0: So I don't think that adults have the mental maturity to handle social media, let alone a 13-year-old.
1: I, I Listen, I tell you this, it's a fascinating thing. In fact, i got a couple couple of topics I want to drag us through on that topic. When I look at the political arena right now, I think the political arena has been focused on by people with ill will. Both sides of the aisle, by the way, just so you know. This is not a Democrat phenomenon. It's not a Republican phenomenon. It's a cultural phenomenon with people that have a political interest that have been targeted and I passionately believe that the algorithm gurus, those companies like Facebook, not only Facebook, by the way, Truth, Telegraph, all of them, th- that have a political agenda are driving the algorithms to, and we've talked about this a lot, but it's designed to, yes, keep you outraged, but it's also designed to divide you. And so I, from my platform, my vantage point, I look at the Republican Party right now I've been involved in it since nineteen eighty seven I have never seen it so-so divisive internally. I've never seen it so divided. Um, there's always been a little bit of a classism between major donor capacity versus grassroots. I see them both the same by the way. They're not like different groups of people they're They're folks that believe in generally in small our republican form of self-governance and yet they've been divided to the point where none of them are effective in their argument, which is why earlier in the first segment I had to talk about surrendering the state of Michigan's legislature to the left for the first time in 40 years. That didn't happen by accident. I submit to you that we're being used. But now that I'm on that path, let me flip to the other topic. So I've been working on a group called uh, Pontiac, Michigan, Pontiac, uh, Waterford memories, is one of a f- thousands of Facebook groups. This one focuses on 50s, 60s, 70s, mostly, some 80s, LUD, some things that go back to the late 18, 19, uh, 18th, or 1890s or so coming forward. My reason for bringing it up now is that this group has grown faster without anybody trying to grow it than any group I've ever seen outside uh, uh, on social media. I've never seen it before. What it is, it's people that are 40-ish years old and up to as much as 98. There's a big swath. All of them wanting to look backwards. Think about that for a minute. There's Democrats and Republicans, because there's no, there's no politics allowed in the group. But what it is, it's a big gigantic swath of folks from all ethnic background all age groups from about 40 up there are a few young people most of them are older going holy smokes the current circumstance in the United States scares the bejeebers out of me and I find fond memories that makes me feel better to think about what life was like at the big boy restaurant in 1975 I use as an example I, I I tell you that, Lud, because you made me think of it again when you said we're not my words now. we're not mature enough for social media. Mm-hmm. We allow ourselves to get sucked into nonsense, and there's a lot of people going, if the air breaks, I feel good about the the past, not the future. That little thing to say is is scary to me. What say you, Lud?
0: Yeah I mean, so I'm that 40 something. That loves the past, And I remember we were, we were eating lunch this week, I, we were head to pay. I go, you know what's funny about that old picture of, Ru- of Russ's? That it makes me feel like I can taste the food from that era. And it was so much better.
1: Russ's, like the, Russ's family restaurant is a local yeah. state, West West Michigan outfit. So yep. and the, just so, so folks know what we're talking about. The
0: idea of a milkshake from that period, just even as a kid in the 80s, is like so much better. Better than it is today.
1: It was bigger and made with better products.
0: And and then you said that to me. And I go, look, well, right there's a cappuccino machine. They put a bag of powder and they run water through it and charge you twice as much as if it's handmade. So things have definitely changed. And some for good. I I think that's not arguable. There's good changes that have happened. But we can – I always feel like I'm turning into the old man who's sitting in his recliner, like the Archie Bunker guy. who's just always angry.
1: Yeah, you made it. Listen, I'm not angry. I'm, I am I fear for my grandkids. Part of it goes to Snapchat, by the way, because they're a perfect snapshot of our culture. I, I know I've touched on this before on the radio, but i got to go there again. If you go to a place like uh, Ludington, Michigan, Mountain Home, Arkansas, there's places in every state where you can go and there's an old community, and the buildings were big, solid built, Built of big gigantic stones or gigantic marble and brick, and now they're mostly made out of aluminum and stucco. They're pole barns with fancy fronts on them. They're, they're Snapchats. They're not meant to last long. Well, we're a
0: throwaway society.
1: But that's where I'm going with this. We've become a we've become a culture of temporary. Mm-hmm. So it, the seven to ten day news cycle it can be a crisis. People on both sides of the Great Divide think if that happens, the world will come to an end. And then seven days later, nobody even remembers what you're talking about. (laughs) You go, wait a minute. How did what happened to the world was ending? It gets to the point where you go, wait a minute. They're dragging us through their, and I'm not blaming it on news media, by the way, because it's our fault if we allow it to happen. But nothing like watching the Apollo mission. Nothing is a big deal anymore. Everything is temporary. Everything is like a Snapchat that's going to disappear in X time. And that's a very concerning statement to say our culture is like Snapchat. But it,
0: that's true, too. Like the the removals of the General Lee uh, statues and even, I mean, Trump joked around about them wanting to rename Thomas Jefferson Memorial at some point. They really did go after Thomas Jefferson and George Washington, that they don't want History is taken out of school, so it's about what is in the now rather than what part was of, in the then.
1: Part of that, though, is revolutionary. That's a little bit of a different topic. If you, we see it even even in our Iraq. We we've seen it throughout our history. Anytime a nation has been toppled, the very first thing they do is go get rid of all of the the hero statues. statues. So you're saying
0: we're getting toppled right now? I,
1: I'm I'm telling you that the very left, not the average left, that. We disagree with on policy issues. I'm talking about fringe left, left extreme, far left, whatever label that CNN refuses to use. That's who I'm talking about. Those folks are revolutionaries. They got the cart before the horse. They, they've they not won yet, but they're thinking it's time to cleanse us of our... Of our history and our tradition.
0: Like changing the road names?
1: Like changing road names. What's the one I was talking about earlier? Uh, Caesar Chavez. Caesar Chavez. This guy he was a notorious person. He was not a nice person. He just wasn't. He was not. He was a murderer. But they're changing roads to him. I, and what he's talking about is a story out of that Pontiac Waterford thing. Little Facebook group where there's a road that used to be called Oakland Avenue. It's in Oakland County. It's where Oakland motor cars used to be built. That's why it was Oakland Avenue. And now they've changed the name to? Caesar Chavez. And I refuse to call I'm not going to respect a man that was a terrible, terrible human being. He just was. And people that love him, do some reading. Don't love him until you do some reading. It's a big deal when you start trying to throw away our culture. But to
0: find a cheap tap That's what it.
1: that stuff represents. Folks, stay with us. We will be right back. <music> Listen, Lud, we've got to change direction before we run out of time. And this is a topic I just got to cover. This is from americanwirednews.com. This is their title not mine. Teacher with prosthetic z cups placed on leave from class accused of dressing like a man outside work as uh, a public school. And I here's the problem and the reason I want to bring this up. Forget the concept of z cups for a minute. And by the way, I don't know whether this person is male or I have male or I have no clue. I don't care by the way. My question is is and, and i'm and i'm by the way i'm this is an earnest question, it's not rhetorical. What does the left see as the positives to reinventing our culture with these kind of manifestations i I don't when I try to get my head around these changes, like I'm standing in line beside a person at a restaurant, guys probably twenty years old, dressed in every way like a man. But he's got a 1960s bun hairdo. Big, big, big bun on the top of his head. Folks, I don't care. It's kind of like the long hair argument in the 60s. When you get your brain back, you're going to cut that off. I get it. And they did. And he will. But when we're talking about physical changes, and that's really not the topic, by the way. The topic is what does the left see in their desire to entirely reinvent our culture in this kind of fashion. Tommy Love, you're the young guy.
0: So I know, I know about this person. Uh, it's been in the news, or at least on social media for the last couple months, about the shop teacher. Um, <clears throat> I, I think, again, it goes back to this pendulum swing. Was there a time in our history, our pendulum was so far to one way that it wasn't near the middle? Absolutely. It wasn't equality, meaning equal opportunity for everybody. However, that means we then shifted it all the other way, because that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about tolerance. So the tolerance of having a black friend or a Mexican friend or a white friend or a woman friend or whatever, back in the 1950s was way different than it is today, and we were talking about tolerance. This I don't see how this is about being tolerant of somebody else's way. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you see this guy, the picture's ridiculous. This is absolutely a statement on his part. This isn't just a, I want to change gender. This is an absolute statement.
1: But listen, the guy's not mentally, um, he he needs help. And I don't mean that demeaning or disrespectful. I'm flatly telling you this person needs counseling. And so the idea that we want to take this person who clearly has mental issues and make him a national political statement is about as mean-spirited as you can get to the person that needs mental guidance. And and I mean that, I believe that passionately. I got a heart issue. The last thing I want to have people do is to try to turn my disability, I don't see it as a disability, by the way, so I'm using that just as definition. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't want to be made to be an, an, a national football, a national punchline, a national political point. I don't, that's not... That's not how I see this. And I don't know why we as a culture, on either side of the divide, including, by the way, even me bringing it up. Let me tell you, I'm guilty of this while I'm saying it. I don't know why we would want to hurt this person rather than seek for ways to get this person mental help.
0: Because it's intolerant. They literally generally believe that. To
1: think that he needs help is intolerant?
0: To, to judge him differently I'm would not, be intolerant.
1: My, I'm not making a judgment. I'm saying this person clearly has got mental issues, no, I agree with and you. he needs help. I agree with you,
0: but so, by even acknowledging that, you're being intolerant in their viewpoint. So again, okay. So think about this: civil rights, 1960s, right? Very valid. Need it? Okay. Everybody should have rights. Yes. Okay. Civil rights is no longer the main front. It went to gay rights. Gay rights through the 80s and the 90s, right? Right now, those are gone. Now we're about transgender rights. It's always the next thing.
1: We're going, but we're going to flip the entire culture of the United States, rather than getting less than one percent of the public help, and we're going to start with seven and eight and nine year olds, rather than actually identifying people with true mental disabilities. Yeah, we're
0: swinging that pendulum so far past the middle.
1: Listen, I it, but it, to me, these people are being used as tools. Well, I which, know that. You which, know that. Which begs the question of the folks that are using them as tools, what's their goal in redesigning ad our sales. culture?
0: It's all clickbait. This all goes back to social media ad sales. Do you think it's about money? This is ad sales.
1: I actually agree with that, by the way.
0: Because you're going to click on it. And when you click on it, now they can say, hey, we have 1.1 1. 1 million people. Click on that. Yep. And it showed this ad. And you saw this many viewers. Your view, per viewership was one twelfth of a cent. Do you want to ad- advertise on this site next? Because we're going to have something even bigger than this. Which
1: is the same reason that Facebook does what Facebook does mm-hmm. with algorithms trying to generate outrage. It's the same thing that Truth does, same thing that Telegraph does. All of them do it, but they look at their they look at their pool of people. Whether I, By the way, folks, I don't care if it's far left or far right don't or matter anywhere, but they don't care. They look at their pool of people and say, what do we need to do to raise the level of angst with this group? So if you're sitting at home right now and you find yourself angry a lot with what's going our, going on in our culture, in our government, if you're just thinking jeepers everywhere I look, there's more more anger and angst. I would tell you, I would submit to you that you're being used by social media, yep. and it is clickbait. You call it
0: angst; they call it clicks.
1: Well, but same thing. But, but I look at the motivator.
0: Yeah, what we'll gets you to click it?
1: They are designed to raise. Angst and I can't remember, was that Osloff's pyramid of motivators? Oh, Maslow's. Maslow's, thank you. If you look that up on Google it and look at it and line that up with how you interact with social media, but be honest with yourself, you'll find out what tools they're using to manipulate you, how you're being outraged about things that, like I said, everybody's harrowed left and right everybody's hair will be over a topic that suddenly doesn't make any difference because we've been shuffled along to the next topic. Mm-hmm. I'm going, holy smokes. And in fact, I got talking with a with a former congressman recently, and we were talking about how the Democratic Party, not the party strat, but those folks elected in D.C. have switched teams on a number of topics back and forth. Line item veto was a big Ronald Reagan thing, and then the Republican Party or leadership that's unconstitutional because the other side wanted it. Yeah. And you go, wait a minute, is anybody paying attention to this stuff? How are we getting outraged over something that two weeks ago we agreed with? Yeah. Yeah. Think about that for a minute.
0: Yeah, cause I remember during the Obama era when I first came on the show and stuff was, I don't care whose idea it is, if it's a good idea, it's a good idea. Because too often we'll hear this side say it's a great idea and then they get out of power and now it's not a good idea. And to me the most recent one is road funding. Uh, infrastructure funding. Uh, Trump wanted it. He wanted to keep it around $100 Policy wouldn't do it. Biden wins. They come in. They do $1.2 trillion. Of course, it had to be more. It wasn't a good idea for four years, but now it is. Well, why? Because it's a victory for one and not the other, rather than it being a victory for America.
1: Listen, for that Pontiac Waterford group and for uh, something else that you and I are working on, I find myself doing a lot of Googling for historical stuff, including the political part of it by accident, so I'm looking at Michigan Road's 1960s, just Googling that, and all of the arguments that went on then are still the arguments, mm-hmm. and whichever party was in power were rotten danebian slime devils.
0: But these arguments are going back to Hamilton and Adams.
1: But the ex- Jefferson and Hamilton, uh, it, it's 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 country mouse, city mouse, that's part of it. The other part is, is whoever's in power is at fault. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I think the Democrats on that note have gotten out over their skis right now because they've, to them, kudos to them, they've gotten control of it. But as we approach the presidential year and the roads get worse and the violence, like uh, Lori Lighthead.
0: I was going to ask you about that.
1: Down in Chicago, she was on the list and I don't, well, we can just get to her right now. Lori Lightfoot, we call her Lighthead, loses. She come in third? Yeah. In a multi, she's the sitting mayor comes in third and miles bauer i by we messaged on our little message group and his response back was don't be too excited because you you know what she's going to be replaced with might be as bad or worse so mm-hmm.
0: it's like toppling a regime like the iran contra affair and down there we kept toppling regimes until we couldn't
1: yeah. it's kind of like the new the new republican party yeah. is worse than the old republican party It's a fascinating oddity to me. So they say, the establishment held us out. Now that they're in power, they're holding everybody that they disagree with out. So the old adage, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Some of these things are human nature, which is why they're the same, no matter how far back in history I try to find topics, and it's the same over and over and over, well, I human hope, nature does not change.
0: I really hope Chicago makes a good decision, because I'd like to go back there. I like Chicago. You tell
1: me when Chicago has made a good decision. You got well, just got a couple hope. seconds. I got hope. The the Daily Machine was not exactly good decision-making. <laughs> the city of Chicago is...
0: Michael Jordan was a great decision for Chicago. I,
1: it wasn't controlled by the Chicago Unions. <laughs> Listen, folks, you got to do me a favor. Take a look at the Mike Hewitt Show.com. You'll find on there some links. Please message me. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you wished we should do and where we're wrong. If that's if I can't believe that, but maybe. Listen, truly, truly thank you for joining us. Be safe, and we will see you next week.